0: What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape.
1: Hi, this is Greg Matthews with W2O Group, and you are listening to the What to Know podcast. We're recording live from South by Southwest 2018 in Austin, Texas, and I am thrilled to be speaking today with Allison Griffin, who is the head of global brand for Intel, uh, Allison is somebody that we are really lucky to have on the podcast. So thank you so much for being here, Allison.
0: Greg, thank you so much for having me. It's super exciting to chat today.
1: Absolutely. So you have a really interesting story in that you actually grew up in Silicon Valley. Um, you're a second generation HP'er, which is you know <laughs> sort of the 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 granddaddy of them all, right? So. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like growing up in Silicon Valley with that kind of background?
0: Sure. I, uh, yeah, my mom worked at HP, in fact, retired after 43 years. Um, and I grew up as an only child looking at my mom going to work every day in Silicon Valley, which is so male-dominated, and especially back talking in the 70s. Um, and being a part of watching her trailblaze a path in silicon valley for women in um, leadership positions and in technology was amazing Uh, the other really cool amazing thing about it was uh, being raised as a child of hp and going to company picnics and bill and dave themselves were at the picnics at the barbecues flipping burgers patting me on my head when i was five, seven, 11, 15, I mean, just for years. So it was just an amazing company. And I it's in my blood. Um, And coincidentally, I happened to get a job there uh, and ended up having an almost 17 uh, years at HP. By the time I left, we figured out my mom and I had
1: been there for 49 consecutive years that is an impressive number <laughs> exactly that is such a cool story um so so it seems like nobody stays at home anymore and in in a way you've stayed at home and carried on the family business.
0: I did. And, and I never expected to, I remember I got to a PR agency actually in San Francisco and I was coincidentally put on the HP account, which was how this happened. And I remember calling my mom going, Oh my God, guess what? I'm on the HP account. Ha ha, ha. You know, it was funny.
1: It sounds like you were caught in the HP tractor beam from a very oh, early age.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then when they hired me, it was, Oh my god mom guess what i'm now working at hp so yeah it was great um and then i left after that long period of time and actually joined intel about a little more than a year and a half ago now
1: fantastic and it's really interesting given that history and you know the sort of the osmotic history that you have through your through your parents i'm curious if you can tell us about some of the changes you've seen in the tech space. What are the things that have been most surprising, most interesting, you know, through the course of that time?
0: Oh my gosh, that that was cool because I got to see technology as a kid before other people. I'll never forget Butterfly. It was called and it was HP's touchscreen computer um, and it 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 was i was the only one who had anything like that um and so it was a really cool opportunity to uh, experience technology early on but the the other thing that i've seen change is how um marketing and technology has changed so i started in the early 90s uh, in silicon valley tech marketing and have never changed and so for me i remember vividly standing at at a with a press release at a fax machine dating myself, uh, and sending just basically the whole press release was about the speeds and feeds of the tech. How fast was it? How much did it cost? Um, and what were the specs, basically, a spec sheet? And that was it. That's all we had to do for marketing. And bam, we'd get coverage everywhere. We'd get demand generation from it. It was so amazingly easy looking back. And now the changes, you know, you're asking about the changes in Silicon Valley and marketing, it's It's almost not at all about the tech, and the tech has to be invisible. It's what does it do? What does it enable? How can we inspire?
1: That is actually an incredible change, and that's one that I think uh, I don't know if, uh, if everybody saw coming, but people think about the advances in the technology itself, but the way that we talk about, the way that we engage people around it completely changed as well. Um, And it actually is is a great segue into another question that we have, which is you've shifted from leading this huge B2B initiative to a place where you're now essentially leading brand for the whole company. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the transition and what some of the challenges and what some of the surprises have been?
0: Yeah, yes, exactly. That's at Intel. So it was funny. I never, going back to HP for a nanosecond to then tell you um, the answer of that question, is I never thought I'd leave HP, especially seeing my mom with a long, beautiful 43 year career there. At some point after I'd been there for almost two decades, I figured I'd just stay. And the only thing that got me kind of uprooted out of that was the opportunity at Intel to go build a B2B marketing capability. Intel has never done outbound marketing to any extensive uh, degree um, beyond consumer and PC. So the Intel inside uh, brand is both, I'll say lovingly, a blessing and a curse because it's what everybody knows us as, as an ingredient brand inside the world's best performing PCs. And the future growth of our company is not based on just the PC. It's actually based on data centric businesses. And we're going to rely on that revenue to keep growing for the next 50 years. Um, 50, I say, because our 50th anniversary is this summer. Um, And so in order to take us into that next chapter of who we are, we have to build this brand around these data centric businesses like Um, artificial intelligence, autonomous driving, virtual reality, 5G, again, none of which are centered around the PC and not consumer topics. Mm -hmm. So the reason I say that is that's what uprooted me out of HP was the opportunity to build a capability that was brand new at a company that was amazing in marketing, but did not know how to do B2B. So they hired me in at first to be the head of B2B. And that was great. And that was about a year and a half ago. Um, and then as we built that capability and started to have more muscle memory in the space, we realized, oh my gosh, it's not just the demand gen piece of the data-centric businesses that we have to tell B2B kind of stories around. We have to attach this new direction to the Intel brand overall and so that's when the CMO my boss Steve Fund kind of said um, Allison <laughs> we'd like to move you to lead the brand and so that's that's kind of how the transition happened and for me it's really exciting to be able to take the experience that I had at HP, brought it over to intel to build the b2b practice and now that and that's all built and they're doing a fantastic job keeping that going and now taking it higher level to the overall intel brand and expanding the aperture of the brand beyond the pc
1: that's fantastic and you're right that is i mean that is an incredible transition to be able to make to be able to follow you know and and introduce new capabilities but then also to really rethink you know, what is it that we are as a business and and how does that change the way that we address these markets?
0: Yeah, and you know, we've been around, like I said, our 50th anniversary is this July and um, you know, Intel is great, it's a wonderful company and what it's known for, you know, Intel does not have an awareness problem, but we have a relevance thing to overcome in areas beyond the PC and that's my job.
1: You know, it actually, it raises a really interesting question, which is I know last year at South by Southwest, a big initiative here was to do a a B2B focused brand house. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like and why it was important to introduce that kind of experience?
0: Yeah, so Intel hadn't participated in a brand activation at South by to any big degree before, um, and especially and may maybe sometime further back in its history, um, it might have, but it would have been around the PC and about consumer a hundred percent. So what we did last year was have an artificial intelligence only experience for Intel. We showed lots of different activations and experiences um, for so people get their hands on and understand. How is AI in their lives? How is it affecting their lives? For example, um, we showed how we're training autonomous cars um, in the computer vision and holding up objects and how, you know, how you train the models to then, you know, realize is that a tumbleweed in front of me or a boulder? Uh, right? Which it matters.
1: (laughs) I hope so. Yeah. From a
0: car. And so that was kind of cool people to even think about autonomous driving and what goes into it on kind of on the back end, um, to fun stuff with guess your age. Um, so meaning facial recognition, right? Um, so just silly things, important things. Um, there were, I don't know, I think, 10 experiences overall that were all AI not one PC or consumer message in sight and what we learned was people cared they were they were interested it didn't have to just be consumer and we thought okay we're on to something here that that this AI thing people are curious about and millennials in particular um and and that they want to understand how what is this tech how's it going to be Um, shaping who I am, what I do, what my job will be in the future, et cetera. And it was a great experience.
1: So it sounds like you had some real value there in terms of raising awareness and maybe helping people to think differently about some things in their lives that could be impacted by Intel. Exactly. Are there, are there any other sort of um, you know, uh, any other ways that that proved to be valuable for the brand? You know, is there, uh, have you changed the way that you're approaching that market? Anything different about the way you've come to South by Southwest this year as a result?
0: Yeah. So it's funny, this year we partnered with HP to do something similar, but HP had a no an additional twist on There's it.
1: There's that tractor beam again.
0: <laughs> exactly. But it was awesome. And, um, and we think that Just getting experiences, getting technology into the hands of users is the most important thing because when you get an experience in their hands, they're participating in the outcome. They're understanding the impact. They're understanding what the tech does. It's not just sitting there saying, this is this fast or this small or this powerful or whatever it's like well why does it matter that it's that fast that small and that powerful so we're flipping it to say here's what you do and you can do it
1: absolutely and experience and and frankly it's it's really cool that you've been able to keep that relationship with HP even though it's changed so many times throughout the you know the time from when you were a child to today and I guess I'm I'm curious as you were making the transition having led big teams in b2b and b2c at hp what are some of the things you learned there that you wanted to make sure that you were taking into intel and having been at intel you know how do you look back on that experience at hp what's your sort of reflection on it
0: You know, it's really funny. I think uh, one of the reasons I was selected for the job, the B2B job I'm speaking of now when I first came into Intel, was because I had done both B2C and B2B in my career at HP. I had done the server business, the PC business, the printer business. And um, so understanding the business models and the customer segments and all that kind of stuff was just all ingrained in me. I I don't even distinguish or realize it's just kind of in there, which is great. And how it manifested itself in the interview process with intel was the cmo at intel today steve fund is 100 percent grounded in consumer marketing he's an amazing consumer marketer and he says i have never done b2b marketing in fact that's why i'm hiring somebody for this position at intel and I was serving a business at the time it was led by Diane Bryant in the server business who didn't know anything about consumer and only understood the data center kind of language. And I was this secret decoder ring between the two. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's what helped. Like what that's what I brought from HP to Intel is I could speak the PC consumer language with Steve and translate to him why we were doing something for servers or what it meant for data center, but in his language. And similarly, I could tell Diane in her language why some of the stuff Steve was up to on the consumer or the brand level side, how it was helping her business. And so not that they couldn't talk to each other. Of course, they had a great relationship. But the point was I was in there at this really interesting intersection between the two and able to not only build an entire marketing team and a new capability, but help the business unit understand why it was important and what we were creating.
1: Fantastic. You know, it it makes so much sense that that translational role was such a core part of your, you know, the initial value proposition you brought there and being able to uh, relate to those different kinds of audiences and being able to have the messages be meaningful, uh, such a, such a pivotal part for any brand leader or marketer. And, you know, another interesting thing about your career is you had an opportunity to be exposed to some really incredible female leaders uh, in Meg Whitman and Carly Fiorina. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what kind of things did you learn from them? Did you see from them that you've then been able to bring to your thinking about not only your work, but the audiences you're trying to reach.
0: Yeah, I was very fortunate to have them and others too, not quite as highly visible as CEO level, but um, some women and some men who who have been so supportive. Um, but the most important thing I took was the culture of HP and Intel they're both exactly the same in this way of supporting female leadership Um, a huge uh, we have a huge program around diversity and inclusion at Intel and um, we've got a great group inside of Intel for women leadership and a mentoring program that I'm a part of uh, that is just amazing um, like I've never seen before in my early career and so you know being at HP um, at a company that fostered that kind of leadership so long ago is amazing. First of all, especially in Silicon Valley, it's very tech and male oriented. And uh, Carly was, you know, the first to really break through at that level uh, in Silicon Valley. It was inspiring. And then for Meg to follow on and and bring her eBay um, expertise. And um, it, it was just, it was just inspirational. And to be at these companies that support women leadership is very fortunate for me.
1: It's fantastic. And it's interesting that one of the themes at this year's South by Southwest has been really, really oriented towards the uh, importance of diversity in the workplace, the role of women as empowered leaders. And um, it's incredible to be able to work in an environment where, you know, you've essentially seen that lived out starting with your mother, uh, I yeah. would assume.
0: Absolutely. It's funny. We I was in preparation for um, speaking with you. I was thinking a lot about... About my mom and her role in, um, and you know, and I'm I recognize I'm very lucky, and not everybody has the same perspective. But I saw my mom go to work every single day. Um, you know, when I was old enough to start understanding that she was going to work every day, like seventy four or seventy five, something like that, and just watched that. It's just what it was, and women could do this. And oh my gosh, that that subconsciously I know helped me be a very confident, strong female leader. Um, but also what was inspiring is especially HP early on um, empowering women and seeing that females were fostered and, and nurtured to grow, um, my, me included, my career included. Um, and, and by the way, by some amazing men. They were the ones who took on that mantle and helped make it happen. So, um, and you know, I, one thing that I learned, took from Carly and I, I hesitate to say this a little bit cause I don't want it misunderstood, but she taught me, um, I remember I was in PR at the time and we were looking to get, you know, cover stories and big business publications about, you know, female CEO kind of thing. And she said, please don't pitch me as a female CEO. I'm a CEO and I'm female. And that was like, whoa, And so I don't What the reason I say I don't want that to come across the wrong way is I'm not saying that it's not perfectly important to celebrate female CEOs because it is. But what I learned from her is, oh, gosh, let's get to a place where. I'm a CEO first, I happen to be female, now ask me what you want to ask me. That is
1: absolutely, yeah, it's a a great encapsulation of where we need to be in a world where you don't have to do that. As a dad of two daughters, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact that there are examples that my daughters can look to uh, and, and see that as well. Um, I wanted. I wanted to. We're getting to that part of the show where it gets uh, sort of the fun and interesting, and maybe a couple <laughs> of surprises. Okay. I wanted to. I wanted to ask you what. What is one thing that would surprise people if they knew about you?
0: Oh. Uh, that's a good one. Um, I have an interesting tidbit. My husband and I have been together now for 28 years. Um, we just had our 23rd anniversary last Congratulations. week. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, and it took us 19 years to complete, but he and I got our picture in front of every state capitol.
1: Wow! That is an impressive accomplishment. It was super fun. As is being married for 23 years. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's yes. wonderful. So,
0: the, so we took our boys, we started it before our boys were born, but they've been to maybe half of the state capitals. And so we made really great family vacations out of some very interesting spots that we otherwise never would have checked out. So I highly recommend thinking about vacationing in the United States um, before thinking about going to Europe, for example.
1: I love it. I love it. One of the things we like to ask all of our guests, because I think as busy business people, none of us has an opportunity to read quite as much as we'd like to, but we'd love to see if you have any advice for our listeners about a book that you've read recently. Could be fiction, could be nonfiction, could be personal, could be professionally oriented anything jump out at you?
0: Yeah, I guess I have to say I'm here at South by Southwest and ready player one. Oh my gosh. On so many levels. The reason I mention it tied to here is I think it was pre the movie version was premiered here a That's couple right. of days ago. Um, but I read that book and loved it. First of all, it's fun and an escape. Um, not, not in the business professional category, but it's all about artificial intelligence and virtual reality in a world that is not unthinkable that we could actually get to. And so as I'm you know at a company that's creating the foundational technology for ai and virtual reality it was fascinating to me and i probably read that book and will watch that movie in slightly different way
1: yeah probably a little less fiction for you than maybe the the average bear yeah (laughs) but it was
0: an amazing book and i i know it's a fun one not a serious learn something one but it's it's a great it's a great story
1: i think that's amazing and i've heard that before you see the movie, you should read the book. Would you agree?
0: Well, I haven't seen the movie yet, but reading that book was amazing. And uh, my boys, they're both, they're high school. I have two high school boys, a junior and a freshman, and they read the book as well. So the three of us, uh, and my husband, I don't mean to leave him out, um, are super excited to go see it together.
1: Fantastic. All right, final question. Okay. And um, this is a a very likely scenario, I'm sure, but if you were to find yourself on a deserted island, and you could only bring one album with you to listen to for the rest of your life, what would it be and why?
0: Oh my gosh. There's two that are coming into my head, but I'm gonna pick one. I'll follow the rules here. (laughs) I would say uh, Nevermind by Nirvana. And the reason is um, that was in the early 90s and my now husband, (laughs) who I've established I've been with for decades already, he introduced me to that album and that Seattle grunge kind of music. And I had been firmly in the pop Madonna, Duran Duran type world um, growing up in the 80s. And, and that was just what I knew and liked. And this was this crazy different sound and it was guttural and interesting and it opened my eyes to a completely different experience. And I realized there are things I don't know out there. And there are experiences and people and different views and opinions. And I'd go to these concerts um, for these kinds of bands all over San Francisco. My husband and I were living in the city at the time. And uh, we would live music was so important to us, but it wasn't seeing this pop kind of music anymore. It was this you know, this message that was coming through that seems so important and meaningful. And I say that, so so that album just harkens back the change of me from basically my pre 20s to then my adult kind of 20s and moving forward now as I approach 50 Um, and making sure that I always remember I'm in ground and grounded that there are other opinions and other views and different ideas out there and uh, it stuck with me
1: isn't that amazing that uh, a a record or a book or a movie can really change the way you look at the world that's incredible yeah Awesome. And I
0: have my husband to thank a little bit as well.
1: <laughs> Always good to give a shout out to the husband, right? Exactly. <laughs> so this has been fantastic. I am so grateful for the time that you've given us here. We are going to close out the What to Know podcast. My name is Greg Matthews with W2O Group. We're broadcasting live from South by Southwest 2018 in Austin, Texas. Our guest today has been Allison Griffin, the head of Global Brand for Intel. And we are so glad you came. Thank you, Allison. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.
0: Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at whillgroup.com slash know.